Hey, good morning, playbookers. I'm Roku Munavolin. It's Wednesday. Today's show, what we learned from yesterday's primaries, and where do we go from here after yesterday's shooting? It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Here's a question, will this time be any different? At least 19 elementary school-aged children and two adults are dead at the hands of an 18-year-old gunman in Texas. But in Washington, there's a serious question of not just whether lawmakers will do anything about gun safety following the latest mass shooting, but whether they will even try. Democrats, it seems, are jaded from years of GOP resistance that has blocked even modest gun restrictions. And despite their outrage and finger-pointing at their Republican colleagues, they spend little time themselves discussing the issue despite controlling all of Washington for more than a year. Case in point last week, after a gunman murdered 10 black Americans in a Buffalo, New York grocery store, few on Capitol Hill, even Democrats, spoke about trying to restart bipartisan talks on gun restrictions. Notably, House-passed background check bills have been sitting untouched in the Senate since March 2021, with even the legislation's most vocal advocates having questioned the point of holding gun-related show votes that are doomed to fail. Will that change now that the victims are children? It's too soon to know. Late Tuesday night, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer took procedural steps allowing him to bring the House passed bills up for a vote. But will that actually spark a bipartisan conversation on finding a compromise that can clear the filibuster? That's another matter entirely. With the midterms approaching and a host of other important issues vying for attention, the odds that real talks will relaunch are slim at best. Speaking from the White House last night, President Joe Biden issued an emotional call to action, railing against assault weapons and politicians who are afraid of the gun lobby. Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone? have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies. It's time to turn this pain into action for every parent, for every citizen in this country. We have to make it clear to every elected official in this country, it's time to act. But is Biden willing to spend his political capital to try to get things moving on Capitol Hill? One Democrat in particular vowed to restart bipartisan talks, or at least try. Senator Chris Murphy gave an impassioned speech imploring his GOP colleagues to come to the bargaining table, as he has after similar tragedies many times before. But I'm here on this floor to beg, to literally get down on my hands and knees and beg my colleagues. Find a path forward here. Work with us to find a way to pass laws that make this less likely. Let's say that Democrats do put serious time and energy into finding a gun control compromise. Would it bear fruit? The conventional wisdom for a while now has been that if the murder of 20 young children and a half dozen teachers at Sandy Hook Elementary a decade ago didn't meaningfully move GOP lawmakers to back stricter gun laws, nothing will. On Tuesday, Senator Susan Collins told reporters that she thinks there's a conversation to be had on tightening so-called red flag laws aimed at preventing violent criminals or mentally unstable individuals from purchasing guns. Senator Lindsey Graham, who was part of a failed negotiation for a bipartisan red flag law in 2019, tweeted that the chamber should, quote, debate and vote. And Senator Tom Tillis, who's also dabbed in such talks before, said he's willing to re-engage, though only, quote, as long as it doesn't deny any rights for law-abiding citizens. But already, many Republicans have signaled a refusal to budge. 
If you weren't up late watching the polls come in, don't worry, Team Playbook has got you covered on major takeaways from Tuesday's primaries. Takeaway number one, Trump loses bigly in Georgia. A few days ago, former Senator David Perdue poured cold water on polls, suggesting that Brian Kemp was trouncing him in Georgia's gubernatorial race. Quote, I can damn guarantee you that we are not down 30 points. That was technically true. As of 5 a.m. this morning, Kemp is beating Purdue by about 52 points. Perhaps worse for Trump, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who refused Trump's order to, quote, find him more than 11,000 votes to overturn Biden's 2020 victory in Georgia, defeated Trump-endorsed Representative Jody Heiss by nearly 20 points. Raffensperger's win is a major repudiation of Trump's plan to install election deniers in positions of power. As Politico colleague David Siders wrote in our election night live chat, Kemp, quote, looks like a case study in how to survive in the Trump era. Try not to criticize Trump, pass lots of conservative policy, and use the power of incumbency to keep local power brokers on your side. Takeaway number two in Alabama, another Trump embarrassment. Two months after Trump unendorsed Representative Mo Brooks as a Senate campaign floundered in the polls, an astounding rebuke of one of his strongest former allies in the House, the congressman found a way to hold on. He, along with former Senator Richard Shelby aide Katie Britt, appears to be headed to a runoff. With Britt garnering nearly 45% of the vote and Brooks at 29%, with about 91% of the vote counted. Takeaway number three, a warning for Dems eager to run on abortion politics. In Texas's 28th district, conservative Democrat incumbent Henry Cuellar is running neck and neck with progressive challenger Jessica Cisneros, his former staffer, in one of the most scrutinized Democratic primaries of the night. As of shortly after midnight, Cuellar, one of the only Democrats in Congress who opposes abortion rights, led by less than 200 votes. The fact that the left couldn't easily dislodge the incumbent following news about the likely overturning of Roe versus Wade in a state filled with Republicans eager to end abortion access signals a real problem for Democrats. Many are eager to run on abortion rights and fears about overturning Roe, but it's unclear whether their own base is sufficiently motivated by this issue. Meanwhile, progressives are pissed, to say the least. Last night, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who campaigned for Cisneros, chided Democratic leaders for standing with Cuellar. She tweeted, quote, on the day of a mass shooting and weeks after news of Roe, Democratic Party leadership rallied for a pro-NRA, anti-choice incumbent under investigation in a close primary. Robocalls, fundraisers, all of it. Accountability isn't partisan. This was an utter failure of leadership. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 4 p.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will sign an executive order on police reform. He and Vice President Kamala Harris will deliver remarks. The Senate is in today, testifying before appropriations subcommittees. FBI Director Christopher Wray at 2 p.m., U.S. Aid Administrator Samantha Power at 2.30, and U.S. Capitol Police Chief Day Thomas Manger at 3.45. The House is out today. FDA Commissioner Robert Califf will testify on the infant formula shortage before an Energy and Commerce Subcommittee at 11 a.m. All right, for more news and breakdowns of yesterday's primaries, subscribe to the Politico Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Manovalin. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning.